A lot of people are talking about the Toronto Police today, and this is because of this Globe and Mail piece. They analyzed the data from postal codes and discovered that three-quarters of Toronto cops live outside the city. There's a new term you should be aware of. It's called commuter cops, and that's what they are dubbing our Toronto cops. Michael Kempa is a University of Ottawa professor. He's joining the show right now. You specialize in policing. Michael, you're part of this Globe and Mail article, and you told the Globe that it is uh, reasonable to expect that some police officers will live outside the community, but at a certain point, there is a tipping point. What is the tipping point, and what happens after you reach it? I would say the tipping point is right around the half the halfway mark. If you've got more than 50% of your police service living outside of the districts that they police, you just start to get a disconnect between the police organization and the communities in question. It starts to feel like a occupational force, however benign or well-intentioned it may be. People feel distant and less likely to cooperate or trust their police service. When you say people feel distant, do you think there's a distance in the minds of police officers as well because they're not living in the community they're policing? It can definitely cut both ways. I mean, the police, it just stands to reason that if you're not a daily member of a city or community, you'll just have less of a sense of local knowledge and what's going on and who the players are and who's likely to cooperate with you to get things rolling and so forth and so on. Now, I will say, obviously, residency is not the only way to build these ties with the community, but it's an important way. Okay, what are the other ways? police involvement in the community. So they've got community outreach units within police organizations, whether they work with youth, whether they work with people at risk of gang membership, whether they work with people with substance abuse problems. That's another way, by just having the police on the ground working with special populations in that way, that officers can develop ties with the communities, even if they don't necessarily live there. Yeah, I live in the GTA, but I commute to work every day. And so I feel more part of the Toronto community than I do of my own community because I spend most of my waking hours here in the city. Right, engaged in Toronto issues. The same thing with the police. If they can be not just on patrol, I mean, patrol doesn't really give you a connection to the community, but actually out in community policing activities on the ground, that can go a long way. But again, you still need some officers that live inside the boundaries of the organization. I mean, the way I like to look at it is, if you, if you think about elected members of parliament, most of them come from the ridings that they uh, are elected to serve. But we accept that sometimes you can parachute a particularly qualified person into a safe riding if you have them earmarked to be a finance minister or a high-level player in government. Same with the police. If we've got great candidates who are outside of the zone, by all means, hire them, but just not all of them. You know, there's a big problem with burnout in the Toronto Police Services. When you bring up the the comparison of uh, Parliament and your MPs, you know, MPs are usually available to their constituents, even off hours. If we're to do that to our Toronto Police Force, aren't we risking even more burnout? Oh, absolutely. You can't have it that a police officer who is present in a community or proximal, close to a community that he or she polices is constantly available, Uh, their shifts and tendency to work off hours are difficult enough on their personal and home lives. I mean, mental health and substance abuse problems are higher in police organizations for large part that the job is so stressful. So you definitely have to have a bit of a firewall between being on duty and your private life at home. We're not saying that police officers 
should police precisely the community that they're living in, but sort of generally within the same city, I think, is the idea. Yeah, the NYPD do this. They have a policy that officers have to live within one of those five boroughs or surrounding counties, but they they actually are not allowed to live in the precinct that they uh, police. Can, Can you tell us why? Well, then there's a sense you might get too close to the community or potentially beholden to certain of its less desirable uh, parts. I mean, you've got friends in the community. What do you do if your friends or family commit offenses and you're on duty as the police officer? Uh, This, you know, police officers are generally motivated to do the right thing, but it can be very difficult to do so if you're going to face constant family and community consequences in your off time. That's why they keep them out. And, you know, on the dark side to corruption, if you're too close to your community, uh, opportunity tends to lead to more corruption. Mike McCormick, who is the president of the Police Association, noted that a lot of metropolitan cities the size of Toronto uh, require officers to live locally and they provide subsidies or financial incentives. But when we're talking about trimming from our police budget, how do we even do that? Is it feasible? Well, you could say desirable, but not feasible. I mean, uh, the housing prices being what they are in Toronto, it would just be an impossibility to sort of create a program to finance officers living inside the city limits. It just wouldn't work. You could tie salary to it a little bit. I mean, Toronto police officers are better paid uh, than those working in uh, areas surrounding the GTA. So what is the answer? I think the biggest one is to say, all right, let's make a real effort to recruit within Toronto. Uh, if people join the service having been Toronto residents but then move away, I mean, there's nothing we can really do about that. But at least they do have background knowledge of the GTA, having come from the area. Um, that's the first one. And the second one is those who do move away or start away from the GTA, make sure they have their time in the community policing and special outreach units so that they build ties with the communities that they commute into every day just like you do with your with your community outreach work with the radio uh, uh, station. You don't just pop in and do a couple hours of radio and, and, and take off. You're involved in the community of Toronto all the time. So if you have a mandate to hire within the city of Toronto, do you risk building a force of cops based on location rather than the best and the brightest? We're talking about sort of ratios and balances. You can bring in a few all-stars wherever they may come from, from around the country or even internationally. But... If you want to have a consent in policing in the communities that you police, you've got to draw people from those communities. And sometimes that means reaching out to, you know, so-called marginalized communities, people who don't have a history of the best relationships with the police, and bring them inside the organization uh, so that the community feels that the service that polices them is reflective of themselves. Less than a quarter of Toronto police live in the city of Toronto. Is that unprecedented in your experience? What I would say for active police organizations across Canada. That is unprecedented. Uh, In the United States, they had a bigger problem in New York, where I think it got to about 15% at one point, and that's why they threw that mechanism in place of saying, you know, you have to live within the five boroughs or a couple of surrounding areas, and they reversed that trend. So this is veering in the direction of one of the highest ratios I've heard in North America, for sure. And if we don't swing back... We'll start to have problems in the sense that people will not feel that the TPS is of themselves. And they already feel that way, a lot of them. That that is what a lot of the data would indicate, absolutely. There is a confidence problem. I'm not talking out of school here because Chief Saunders has himself acknowledged it. And he said we've got to reverse this trend of people feeling that the police are not a part of the communities that they serve. Thanks for joining us. Have yourself a fantastic afternoon. Bye for now.